make sure you save your money because guess what? You do have initiation fees. A lot of people, you know, they, they don't save up their money. They just spend it. They get excited like, oh, shit, I'm getting union wages. Not knowing, yeah. hey, after the 30 days, you got to pay up. So for 728, it's I joined two years ago. Every year it goes up. I paid about 7500 Yeah. Big pill to swallow. Welcome to The Practical Filmmaker, an educational podcast brought to you by the Filmmaker Institute and Sunscreen Film Festival, where industry professionals talk nuts and bolts and the steps they took to find their success today. On today's show, Saul Cervantes takes us into the world of the electricians, the looming union strike, and details slash tips for noobs so they don't seem as green. Find the full transcripts and more at thepracticalfilmmaker.com. I'm your host, Tanya Musgrave, and today we have Saul Cervantes an electrician in Local 728, rigging and striking and working within the warehouses of the Universal Studio backlot. Uh, he's worked on indie film and television. Welcome to the show. Wow, thank you. Thank you for having me, Tanya. <laughs> okay, first off, I'm, act I'm, I'm really stoked because this is the first time I've had any rigging anybody. And I don't know, I'm, I'm excited because we've never had one of those on the show. So set the stage for us. How did you get where you are right now? Oh, wow. How did I get? Uh, well, I just, how you mentioned, I'm part of a local 728. Uh, I recently, about two years ago, got in. Uh, so my, my rigging, uh, as far as union goes, is, is fairly new, but I've been doing this since, oh gosh, I mean, I'm 31. I've been doing this for about eight years mm -hmm. uh, in the indie non-union world, you know. And the way I got into it is just kind of fell into it. I've always wanted to kind of have a job where you work with people and, and you have that kind of uh, relationship, you know. I don't know, just working towards building something amazing and I always love film, so I figure, I just feel like I naturally graduated, uh, went towards that. Yeah, yeah. So did you go to school for, like, film or, like, electricians? Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to uh, uh, Cal State Long Beach for... Uh, Film and electronic arts. Oh, uh, with an emphasis in cinematography. So they had multiple tracks. You know, directing, producing, editing. Um, I applied and I was accepted and graduated through the uh, cinematography track. Is that something where like that's the goal, cinematography, or is this something like actually I kind of like where I'm at? Um, honestly, that's that's the goal. Even though people have told me I gotta concentrate on one thing, man, I I gotta say I still there's that little kind of you know I still have that little passion in me you know i still want to be a, a dp and and write you know I, I minored in creative writing i want to write i want to dp my own stuff directing not so much but i don't know i've always just mm. kind of pull a, a steven soderbergh you know or a charlie chaplin or you know you have a lot of people that just kind of you know they they, they produce they write they they just do their own thing and I, I love that so what are your current strategies right now um for getting closer to your goal meeting people Meeting people and also not giving up. <laughs> not giving up is probably the biggest one. Even though I graduated, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, you know, I'm, I'm still working on, on shorts. I'm still working on, on uh, indie projects as a DP, you know. Right now, I'm not a, a, a union DP. I'm not DPing big multi-million dollar projects. And it can be hard and, and discouraging, but, you know, that's what I'm doing right now. You know, I... I this year, even though through the whole COVID thing, I've shot about two, three projects already. And you just got to do that on your own time. You know, just kind of yeah. keep that passion alive. Keep that fire 
you know, alive and then on your own time, kind of go for it. Do what you want, you know? Okay, you you had mentioned like rigging and striking. <laughs> you have to forgive me because I have no idea what striking means. Striking is basically just taking down the the equipment, you know. So rigging, you know. Oh it's my like, gosh! Right, oh my yeah. gosh! Of course. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, with yeah, that, that that's that's what striking is. When you hear, hey, you're gonna be part of the striking crew, that means that you're gonna go to a location or a, or a studio, uh, a set, and just take down all the lights, all the uh, you know the cable and all the gear. So you said that you had worked fairly long, I guess, like what seven or six years within like non-union projects. Why yes. union? Safer, um, and it's also a- another big step towards the bigger goal. Being in the union, I get to be, you know, even though I'm, you know, just a regular electrician, I'm not a big, you know, uh, gaffer or DP. You know, I'm shooting, you know, I'm with the crew that's shooting a feature film with, you know, big actors and big producers and guess what? Big DPs, right? It's almost like mm-hmm. a, I love it because yeah. it's almost like a second school, right? I get to see how the actual DPs and gaffers light stuff like, oh shit, like I've never seen that technique. Like, oh really? That's the light you're going to use? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's really yeah. interesting. It's just, it takes my, my education, my knowledge to a mm-hmm. next level being a union uh, member. I've never heard of Local 728. So, like, what does it take for your particular union? For Local 728, you have to work 30 days as a permit, which is, you know, you have to work 30 days in a union project uh, shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get 30 permit days. Once you get okay. 30 permit days, then you can apply to be in the union. Make sure you save your money because guess what? You do have initiation fees. Oh, and oh. that, yeah, a lot of people, you know, they, they don't save up their money. They just spend it. They get excited like, oh, shit, I'm getting union wages, not knowing, yeah. hey, after the 30 days, you got to pay up. Do you mind if I ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. No, anything to help a fellow brother and sister out, you know, whatever they, you know. So for 728, it's I joined two years ago. Every year it goes up. I paid about 7500 yeah, big pill to swallow. All at once. Mm-hmm. They recommend all at once. You can do two payments, but for the two payments, I believe they charge you a fee. Really? If okay. They, if they don't charge you a fee, then you have to pay it within like a week of something like that. Like it's, it's just, if you don't have the 7500 you're not going to make it. Like, I remember, like, that That was the thinking about that. Like, oh, shit, like, the, the second option, which is two payments, it's it's not worth it. So is this something, okay, because I remember there was another guy who was talking about quarterly payments, even on top mm. of those uh, kind of initiation <laughs> fees. Um, yep, union like, dues. Is that doable? Um, like, is that, and that's every quarter. Is it, like, a couple grand? Is it, like, a couple of hundred? No, no, absolutely not. No, it's 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 way cheaper for uh, for us. I believe it's about like a little more than three hundred. I believe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which is not bad every quarter. You know, yeah. it is a good amount of money. So you you know make sure that you save up your your money. You know, how you mentioned it's every quarter. It's not every month or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's not as big as the initiation fee. Okay, so when you like, because you're wanting to get into, I, I'm I'm assuming local six hundred eventually. So is it easier to just kind of like hop, or do you have to like go through that whole entire initiation again? Just be like, well, you're joining a different union, or is this like all kind of like within the union? And 
It's a little bit of both. Since I'm in a union, it's a little bit, I feel like, easier for me to kind of meet people. Because once again, if I'm on a shoot or something, I, you know, I have the, the camera department's union. So I can, you know, talk to them and network. Well, I'm talking about like officially, like if you are in local 728, but you want to be in local 600, would they let you just switch your union status from like one to another? Or do you have to go through that whole entire... Yes, you have to go through the whole entire thing. I would still have to get 30 days as a permit within the local 600 union. Oh, Once okay. I get all the permit days, I'm going to have to pay the uh, initiation fee, still pay quarterly dues. Yeah. So any of the benefits that you earn through 728, like, you know, like pension and that kind of thing, does that just roll over? I believe it's all one big thing because local 600 and 700 are all part of the uh, IETC. Yeah. I mean the I uh, yeah. So I think yeah, the yeah, pension yeah. is part of that. So it it covers you know it's all within that umbrella. Oh, okay. okay. Six hundred and seven twenty eight. Yeah. Speaking of Yahtzee, um, mm. I you know you're hearing some rumblings of happenings. Yeah. <sighs> happenings yeah. here. I hear it through the grapevine, but can you <laughs> tell me more about what's going on in there? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I can. I mean, it's all over the news. I've yeah, oh, read yeah, a lot of yeah. articles about it. So basically, a lot of unions that are part of the IATSE uh, umbrella are kind of threatening the studios and companies to go on strike. Mm -hmm. The reason for that, it's... And I heard that it's mainly, you know, usually it's nothing new, right? Studios and, and unions have been working together for many years, you know, yeah. uh, since the beginning of film. And usually there's a, an understanding, right? Mm -hmm. The studios want one thing, the unions want one thing, and they usually compromise and meet in the middle. But now yeah. you have bigger ball players, right? It's no longer the studios. The studios are not the big dogs. The big dogs are the Netflix, the Amazon, the Disney's. These are like bigger. Mm. They, they don't want to compromise. They kind of want things done their way. Mm. And the unions are kind of demanding that they kind of not demanding but they, they, they kind of want to you know they want to talk they mm -hmm. want to compromise it's a contract like hey no like look you know when you work on a, at a private company you get every year you get a raise mm -hmm. right so we want a raise right like look there's a you know for years and years and years we've been every year we get a raise you know we want that to still happen we want you know our, our jobs can seem fun and exciting and they are but they're also mm -hmm. dangerous a grip fell down uh, perms. <gasps> I think it was like 40 or 50 feet. <gasps> Thankful. I heard that he survived. I heard that he survived, but obviously just <laughs> badly injured. Broke a lot. Oh, of, my like, stars. Broke everything. You hear of electricians, you know, getting electrocuted because, you know, <gasps> whatever. You hear people getting into car crashes because they're working 16 hours, yeah. you know, a yeah. day for seven days. And, you know, they're driving home and they, you know, so, so our jobs can be demanding. It's labor. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. It can be physically demanding mm -hmm. and it's dangerous. We know the consequences, but at the same time, we want to have certain rules and, and safety nets. Yeah. And the big companies kind of want to take that away because obviously that means money. They want it now, now, now. Look, let's just shoot for a, a month, uh, six days a week, you know, 12, 14 hours a day with minimal breaks. You know, let's just do the bare minimum. And we're like, well, wait, hold on. You know, no, this is not. This is dangerous. I heard that they were like wanting to push for some 10 hour, 10 hour days, huh? Yeah. Right now, the minimum 
is uh, eight hours, which is, Ooh. you know, an eight hour work day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they want to push 10 hours. And here's the thing. The eight hours is kind of like the minimum. Obviously, we go more than eight hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But for them to kind of say, well, you know, what about the 10 hour? Then that just means that, well, 10 hours is going to be the standard. So that means that we can totally go 14 hours. Mm, you yeah. know, if, if, if when it was eight hours, we could go 12. Then, you know, we can definitely keep pushing and pushing it because it's yeah, about yeah. that OT, right? Yeah. That's the yep. thing. I've got a I've got a question on the safety part of it because you were saying, I mean, like, obviously, with the amount of hours, that's definitely a safety issue. But then also, does this ever reach into like safety regulations on set when we do our you know because when you join the union you have to take certain safety classes okay. you know a non-profit organization i believe they're a non-profit organization but we we take classes through this organization called uh, contract services mm-hmm. where we go over safety of you know whatever it is you know fall protection uh electricity uh chemicals and whatnot there's mm-hmm. a list of I don't know, 30 classes that we got to take do those cost no, do those no. Class, or are they like, oh, and how long are those classes? Is it oh, like man. a one night a week thing or is it like a online thing? It, it varies. Now it started to be an online because of COVID. Yeah. But usually when I first got in before COVID, it was all in person. And it varies. Some of them are an hour long. Some of them are, I think the longest one that I took was, oh, geez, almost like five hours long. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But once again, it's safety, right? So you, you really can't, you know, mess around with safety. You know, no, it is what not it at is. All. You, you, you want to make sure that you know what you're doing because it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's great. But at the same time, it's, you're doing dangerous work. You're, you're working with, with, with lights, one wrong thing, especially as an electrician, you know, you plug in, you know, a four wrong or plug into like a hot power with the neutral. Like, it's just, you, you mm. can mm-hmm. definitely find ways to hurt yourself. It's not really about yourself. It's also about your brothers and sisters, right? It's about your the the people you're working with. Absolutely. Keeping them safe as well. Does any of this strike? Does it does it only really kind of deal with pay, or is it more on kind of like safety re- like or at all um, with safety regulation and stuff like that too? It's also safety regulations, you know, especially with COVID. Uh, there's certain regulations that you know, whether it's OSHA or mm-hmm. you know the the government wants us to to take. But then you have companies mm-hmm. kind of saying like, well, this kind of mm-hmm. this costs money. Do we really need this? I'm guessing that you follow shitty rigs. I'm not on social media anymore. But when I was, yes, I love shitty rigs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Shout out to shitty rigs. <laughs> so, I mean, OK, I remember seeing this one where they had like this C-stand like sideways on a wall, used it as a spreader and rigged lights on it. Right. And of course, like comment after comment underneath was like mentioning safety and how they would never like all right now like now you're just being reckless and you're just like kind of promoting these kinds of hazards right i kind of want to know within your job what that kind of difference like what is something that you look for some like the difference between a meh and a stupid kind of job and a solid i'm gonna hire you back because that is ingenious and safe Mm. but like what would you look for in a beginner someone who listens Hmm. honestly Someone who listens, whether it's, you know, working with someone who's new or, you know, I'm working on an indie project and, you know, the producer tells me, hey, I got these, these guys that are willing to help, but they're new. I, I always say, like, you know what, it's, it's fine. Just give me someone that, that will listen and is willing to work. Mm. Because I've had my share of, of people who know their stuff, 
but are just lazy mm. or don't want to, you know, they, they just want to collect the check. They don't care. They don't care mm. about the project. They don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Screw that. I don't want that. I'd rather get someone who wants to be there, who wants mm-hmm. to learn, who listens, and I'll teach them. Yeah. You know, we, we make films. We're, we're not brain surgeons. You know, we're not rocket scientists. It doesn't take a long time to teach someone how to set up a C-stand or how to put up a light or this <laughs> yeah, and that, right? It just yeah, takes yeah. patience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's something that I look forward to. You know, so if you don't know anything, that's fine. Just just listen 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 that's the biggest thing because you also have people that don't know what they're doing mm. and they just talk yeah <laughs> and i'm not talking about questions you know yeah. if you ask questions please ask questions that's the most important thing don't don't mm. assume anything you know if you don't know what something is ask questions i'm talking about just people just rambling you know nonsense or whatever i was on a set this summer and oh my stars like this kid oh he didn't listen <laughs> <laughs> so, so freaking frustrating <laughs> and i was like uh Never hiring you again. Anyway, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, past that, what is a skill though that somebody could develop that you would just like? Okay, this is actually very useful for you to know in this particular field. Study your knots, right? It, it's such a weird thing, but especially if you're going to be rigging, you got to know your knots. Your um, trust me, when you're lifting a, you know, four aught up in the perms you you don't want to hold that for for a long time you know especially if you're dropping it down like you got to know your knots uh your voltage that's very important as well uh that's really more if you want to be like a gaffer or a best boy uh but if you're just starting off learn um basic cable what's a four watt what's a two watt Saco. Mm. learn little tricks little it's it's detail that's the thing because as you go up in the ladder Right. That's when you got to know kind of like, all right, you know, the, the voltage, the wattage, all right, this and that, because you're going to you're, you're building the rig. Right. You're, you're the one that's making the decisions. Hey, we're going to have a light here. We're going to have an 18K here, a little baby here. Uh, when you're just starting off, you, you're not making those calls. Right. But what you do need to know is you're the one that's setting up the cable. So if someone tells you, hey, go go to the car, you know, go go to the, uh, the truck, get me a, a 50 foot four out. Know what that is. Uh, just know your gear, know your equipment, know how to label them, mm. right? That's very, very important because you're also going to be labeling. Organization is key, mm. right? Know mm-hmm. your four-out knots. If the people that, you know, don't know what four-out knots are, it's just, you know, a way to distinguish every, you know, four-out piece has has a sash, string, and then you kind of uh, do knots according to the color. So know that. Uh, that's very important because, you know, it keeps you organized, but it's also safety, mm. uh, you know, something for safety. Yeah, that's a huge um, thing in climbing even. I mean, like oh. experienced climbers have fallen to their deaths because their their knots were not dressed and they used like they like their colors. I mean, yeah, wow. it, it was off. Detail. So, mm-hmm. Knots, what um what knots? You know, you have your your clove hitch, your square knot, your high knot, which I don't, you know, it's more of a that that's definitely like a rigging knot, bowline. Really, those are like the three knots, uh, you know, not that many knots, only like three or four knots, but they're mm-hmm. very important. And honestly, the little small details like that will kind of, you'll stand out. Okay. Tools. Tools. Continue. Yeah, tools. Well, I got my, 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 my big tools. I got my tool bag. I don't like tools. You need tools. Tools, tools, tools. Do you mind actually just kind of like walking us through just like a little bit of what you have and why? Well, my or maybe not even why. Just like what do you yeah. what, what you have? Sure. I mean, most of my tools I left at the the warehouse because I have a locker room. Okay. Tool belt. Don't be carrying your tools in your pocket. You you know it's it's just not safe. 
right? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, you bent yeah. down or whatever. Make sure you know you got to have a tool belt, and you don't even need that many tools. Just have like a like a like a C wrench, a Leatherman. You got a, a, a tester, sharpies. A lot of people don't really realize like sharpies, red, blue, and black sharpie. Those are very important, right? Talking about safety, label everything. Yeah, just uh, a pocket knife. <laughs> what does the like red, blue, and black? What do those mean? So black is just kind of like your basic uh, whatever. Like let's say you're rigging uh, a lamp at a desk, right? Yeah. Uh, so you'll just get you know whatever you run your stinger, you know, to the lamp, and you'll just kind of like label that stinger to the to the lunchbox or wherever you're getting power from. You know, a, a, a desk lamp or you know desk fixture, or whatever, mm. with black, right? It's just kind of like a basic name. Your red is for hot power. So like let's say you're dropping a, a hundred amp, you know, bait. You want to make sure that you label it hot power. That way, if someone sees that, they don't like you know think that it's not active or live, or they they know like, hey, look, I need power. You know, if the gaffer sees that and he needs a lunchbox or something there, he'll know. All right, cool, this is hot. I can mm -hmm. plug it in. Yeah. Blue is for DMX. But if you ever see something uh, labeled blue, it's 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 for DMX. I want to know what gear or gadget is your old reliable. You know what? A pocket knife. A pocket knife and gloves. Good Ooh, lord, yes. that's another thing. Wear gloves. Oh man, especially if you're on your location, because sometimes yeah. you're on location, you gotta throw cable or something down an alley, and downtown mm. alleys are not the cleanest. You know, talking about COVID, but even before COVID, you know, people, you have a lot of people grabbing the equipment, people dropping it on the ground. You just gloves, gloves, and mm -hmm. a pocket knife. All right, so now for your favorite new gadget, something that revolutionizes how you work. Whether I'm rigging or striking, uh, there's really no new tools. But when I do work as a DP, you know, I have like a little folder with all my apps. Yeah, favorite apps. Like, what are you? What are your some of your favorite apps? Have you heard of Shot Designer? Mm -mm. No. So it's uh, uh, I I worked with this uh, DP, and um, he always used it when he kind of like did diagrams about like you know what we're gonna shoot. Uh, where he would put kind of like it's a, it's a mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, an app where you can create diagrams you know like you can put props you can put lighting and it's just an easier it, it's a very helpful tool so i use that a lot um does it have any quirks that you can think of like hey yeah yeah this works great except for if you do this i feel like it glitches a lot ah shot ah, designer i got so you so you, you, you do have to have patience with it <laughs> i got you but okay, so I'm I'm actually kind of curious, like what current project you're excited about. On the side, I DP and I'm I'm doing pre-production for this short film with a director who is really amazing. Mm. The 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 short's called uh, Lotus. Ooh. Uh, yeah, no, really great script. Uh, I, I love working with this director. Um, and this is the question that I ask everybody. What questions should I have asked you? What did I miss? No, like like these are questions. These are good questions that you're coming up with, um, huh? and I I feel like it's important for people to know. You know, especially out there in L.A., like it's it's tough. It's a grind, but mm. it's it's sometimes when I feel kind of like a little discouraged, I, I I kind of I just tell myself it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Right. You gotta get. You gotta hang in there. Uh, out of all my friends that I that I made in film school i think only about honestly like three Dang. are still doing film out of how many oh man i would have maybe like let's say 15 friends oh, that i really kind of you know made films and stuff 
Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing yeah. bad, you know? Hey, yeah. you, you go to college when you're, you know, 18, 20, you, you know, you, you think, you, you know, it's going to be this luxurious life. Like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to graduate. As soon as I graduate, I'm going to make my, you know, my, my, my million dollar film and this <laughs> and that cut to five years later and you're working at Starbucks, you know? <laughs> And, and you not, know what? That's okay. <laughs> exactly. It's not bad. It's not bad. But if yeah. you want to, if you want to be do film, understand what it is. Be realistic. And once again, if if, if you're passionate about it, it's not going to bug you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm low key kind of nervous. Like, oh shit, you know, there's going to be there might be a strike, and then some people are saying this might be like a like you know half a year to like maybe a year. Like, what the hell am I going to do? Whoa, what? Are you serious? That's what I'm hearing. I don't know. Thinking about that, you know, uh, there's times where I think of like, oh shit, like should should I bail? Should I just do something else? Or like like, but then I start thinking like, I I don't want to do anything else. This is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, if I have to get a job at Starbucks or something, fuck it. But this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna support you know my fellow union you know members and and mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and just make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, there is nothing wrong with finding that job that will, like, sustain you through that kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with it. You're taking care of yourself. So. No. Yeah. As long as you're hustling. You know, another uh, fr- one of my friends that, you know, ended up being getting into the writer's union, he was a teacher. Mm. Really good writer. He was a teacher. Uh, and what he would do is he'll just, you know, work. As soon as he gets off, he'll write. And mm. I think he was doing that for about three years. And finally, he got that, you know, that break. Met mm-hmm. the right person and boom, you know, got a representative, got an agent, Dang. got into the union. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's, it's, you got to hang in there. I used to teach film, uh, you know, a, mm-hmm. uh, at a nonprofit. I, I taught middle school kids film. Okay. And yeah. even though I went to film school, every time they will come up to me and say, oh, like, I want to go to USC. I want to go to UC- UCLA, NYU to, to, you know, major in film. I would, I would tell them, like, don't do it. <laughs> not in a discouraging way just like look if yeah. you're gonna go yeah. to college especially these amazing schools don't mm. waste money on film because mm. you can only read so many books you can only watch so many youtube videos on film right mm-hmm. like like if you're gonna go to school and you want to be a director a producer a dp if you want to be like one of the a, a, hold the title study business mm. study marketing Right, because at the end of the day, you're gonna be you 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 are your own business. You have to put yourself out there. Mm. As far as you know, the the things that you can learn on film, man, just go to Craigslist, go to Mandy.com. Um, uh, Facebook now has like LA, you know, production pages and stuff. Like the way you study film is through doing it, through experience. Go out there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. you, that's the best knowledge you can get. Don't spend fifty thousand dollars learning what a c-stand is right you don't need that just go out there thousand dollars a year <laughs> uh, yeah like go out there and you'll learn quick when the gaffer yells at you for bringing him a baby stand instead of a c-stand right like then you'll remember oh, shit okay this is a c-stand like that's how you learn um, i think of uh, my experience in film <laughs> yeah. and it was fun i met a lot of people i had fun it was a great college experience but 80 percent mm-hmm. of my knowledge that i use today i i gained doing these shoots right going mm-hmm. to craigslist going to mandy.com volunteering mm-hmm. working for free paing that's that, mm-hmm. that's when where i learned thank you so much for bringing a whole completely different world <laughs> like it's uh, extremely valuable for our listeners thank you uh, yeah no thank you so much for bringing me and i hope yeah i hope i was able to 
give you guys something. <laughs> you were able to give a lot because honestly, again, we have not had an electrician or like a like a rigging anything on the show yet. If you enjoyed this interview, follow us right here and on Instagram and check out more episodes at thepracticalfilmmaker.com. If you have comments or questions, feel free to email me at tanya at thepracticalfilmmaker.com or DM me on Insta. Be well and God bless. We'll see you next time on The Practical Filmmaker.